Hello, 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 and thank you so much for pressing play on the latest edition of the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast, your somewhat weekly dip into the world's game being played right here in the Great Lakes State of Michigan. How you doing? My name is Robert Kerr, host of the program, as always. Uh, what <laughs> what a strange emotional sports weekend we just had. We're recording late night on January 29th here, uh, you know, 48 hours after uh, Jurgen Klopp uh, said he was going to leave my beloved Liverpool at the end of the season. And then the Lions in the, <laughs> had a, a heartbreaking loss uh, in the NFC Championship game, which was bizarre. They were there and then they pulled uh, a Lions move. So it was a bit of a quagmire emotionally, sports wise, but uh, uh, got to press on. And thank goodness there is lots of uh, local soccer going on for us to uh, bite into. Um, as you can see on uh, teams' social media, that uh, player announcements are coming up and uh, season prep and I'm even seeing some some tryouts, uh, some roster buildings already going on for the 2024 uh, professional and uh, spring and summer amateur seasons. Um, uh, so uh, definitely keep it locked into at MI Soccer Central uh, to uh, keep up to date on all the announcements because they're coming in thick and fast. Um, the list of just new club announcements alone is uh, pretty lengthy. So my saying uh, that I've come to uh, have as a, a pillar um, of my uh, my inquest into uh, soccer here in the Great Lakes State is the only constant in Michigan soccer, and you could say about American soccer, the only constant is the constant change. And so we've already had an active uh, summer league season, and uh, I've you know two or three uh, professional uh, teams in Metro Detroit area. But uh, just in the last couple of weeks alone, um, uh, elite amateur teams to uh, step into, uh, uh, you know, new clubs being formed. Uh, I've got uh, quite a few uh, listed here. We've already got in the Midwest Premier League, uh, Ypsilanti Yetis, in the USL2, uh, Union Macomb, uh, over in UPSL, they got Rail Detroit, UPSL uh, Stars Academy. Um, there's also uh, on the women's side. Actually, I forgot another one. The uh, South Bend Lions rebranded as uh, Michiana, which is an interesting uh, development uh, there. Might have to get uh, some of uh the supporters there or someone from the that club to talk about uh the renaming to to michigana on the women's side there's uh corktown wfc joining the wpsl uh, michigana also adding a uslw team and then i also saw that the upsl added dearborn united and then, uh, and then in one of the other women's leagues, the UWS, a new team in Livonia called E14. So um, by no means a comprehensive list, but just 
looking ahead to tonight's program, I thought I'd let you know that you got to keep it locked into at MI Soccer Central to get your uh, Michigan uh, soccer fix because uh, that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, um, at least eight. Oh, and then add in on the west side of the state in the Arena Soccer League, Great Lakes Football Club um, are underway in their first season. So uh, between half a dozen and a dozen clubs um, being added here in uh, the Great Lakes state. So uh, the entrepreneurialism and the uh, player pool and uh, the interest in the sport and in club building is enduring as lots more teams are joining the ranks. Um, the USL two Great Lakes division with the addition of uh, Union Macomb, uh, you know, makes it even more dense in the elite amateur ranks and uh, makes the Great Lakes division of USL two even more competitive, I'm sure, than it already was. Um, and then that brings us to this week's feature interview, another Michigan team um, with big changes on the way in 2024. I've got uh, the brand new named CEO of the Michigan Stars, Chris McAnally, on the program as our feature interview. And we get uh, to hear about the new goals for the club and their staff building efforts as they are uh, looking to build the club outside of uh, just the team on the field. They've recognized uh, the need to expand and add some staff. And we're going to hear about that um, as well as uh, some tidbits about the approaching NISA season. Um, Chris drops a couple nuggets as to what's happening with the, maybe some new format uh, quirks coming up with NISA 2024. And we'll also hear about uh, uh, their interest, the stars interest in uh, looking at other leagues too. So an interesting uh, look at, uh, you know, running a team at this level as Chris wears many hats and he's been the GM for two years and he's stepping into a whole new role, taking a lot of responsibilities from uh, owner George Yunkai as becoming the CEO of the Michigan Stars. So enjoy my interview with Chris McAnally here on the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Hello, welcome back to the program. Excited for our next guest. There is, you know, one of my favorite sayings in uh, soccer and Michigan soccer that the the one constant is the constant change. And uh, one of our pro teams here in Metro Detroit had a big change as uh, um, my next guest has taken the next step within the Michigan Stars organization, serving two years as the general manager and now recently being announced as the CEO of Link. Very excited to welcome our next guest, CEO of the Michigan Stars, Chris McAnally. Welcome to the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast, sir. Hi, how, how are you? I'm doing very well. I really appreciate you uh, coming on the show. Like I said, third year with the Michigan Stars, who uh, under uh, your reign as general manager won uh, the NISA championship two seasons ago and uh, were hosts and the finalists last year in NISA. And now you've taken over as CEO. Congratulations. And uh, kind of what does it mean to uh, step into this position? Well, thank you, first of all. Um, what does it mean to step into this position? It means more work. Uh, that's the uh, 
that's the easiest thing to say. Um, you know, we, George and I sat down and we've really been having this discussion for about, um, six, eight months. And, and part of that discussion is, is how do we make the stars, um, grow not only on the field, but off the field. And, um, you know, we were, we were kind of looking at some other leagues, uh, this off season and, uh, had some discussions with some different leagues and, um, decided at the last minute that, uh, we were going to go back into NISA and, uh, really for the last, uh, two weeks, it's been, it's been a crazy whirlwind for me to, uh, to not only, uh, look at the brand and, and how we're going to try to elevate the brand, but also to find players for the team. And, uh, I think the change you're going to see this season, um, is, is more in the the front office. So we're looking to, to hire some, uh, some people for sales. We're looking to hire some people for marketing, looking to hire, uh, somebody from social media. And, uh, we've already been conducting those interviews and, uh, we just are doing our best to, to take this club from, from where it's been in the past to, uh, to give it a shot of, of some steroids and, and, and really see what we can do with it. Um, we've never really focused on the sales and marketing side of it. Um, and social media side, we've always really focused on the team and, and tried to get a team that, uh, people would like to come watch. And, uh, and so this is going to be the first season, um, where, and it might not happen at the beginning, but, um, as we put the team together, uh, the front office team together, uh, hopefully down the road, uh, we'll see some, some increases in attendance and, and you'll see, uh, an increase in, in marketing and social media and, and different things like that. Interesting. So it's a kind of a, a, a stars two or 3.0 here. So the, there's going to be a whole, you know, building out of the staff and a, a com, kind of a, a change in philosophy then it sounds like. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we, we knew, you know, I, I've grown up in a background with, with, uh, with being in, in sports. Uh, I used to work at the palace when I was a lot younger and, um, you know, I did some stuff with, uh, with the Vipers. They had a, a minor league hockey team that played out of there. And, and, uh, I really, really saw the, the front office side of it. And, and I've been talking to George now and, and really telling him, you know, the, the, the team, uh, at the palace was, was this big and the sales and marketing team was this gigantic, uh, amount of people in order to, to make the whole team run. So, you know, we've gotten pretty good at, at this part and now let's just see what we can do and, and see if we can get the, the big part to, to, uh, to happen as well. Interesting. And you said that uh, this was a conversation that's been over a number of months and uh, it sounds like uh, it was kind of a slow burn up to this decision. And from, you know, this is a, a serious change. Like you said, you're the, the club was largely focused on the team and now maybe building out the brand and the club. Um, and you, you, you brought up uh, George Yunkai and he was, you know, it, the club seemed like definitely a, a very personal thing to him he it was very important to him and you know it was kind of very much family run you know there's players in his family and 
you know, obviously he's like the, you know, the kind of the front of the organization. So how is it uh, like the, the turning over of the torch was, it sounds like, was, how was that a difficult uh, thing for him to do? Um, I, I just think he's, he's watched me work over the last couple of years and, and, and has trusted me and, and sees that I'm, I'm doing the best that, uh, that I can do for the club. And, and I think there's things that, that I might know that he doesn't know. And to be able to, to tap, uh, on some of my, my history and my resources to, to try to take this club to the next level. Um, I think is what he's looking for. And, um, you know, as we were having some communications with some other leagues uh, this off season, um, it became apparent to us that in order for us to continue to grow the brand uh, that we needed to, to step it up um, in this department. And uh, so that's what we're trying to do. So it's, it's a lot to, to take on, um, I think we've hired uh, a social media person, and uh, we've been interviewing uh, a couple of of sales and marketing people. So it's it's uh, it's going quickly, and um, hopefully in the next week or so, you know, those hires will be put in place, and and we can we can go off and running. But you know, he's uh, you know George is has a love for soccer, and uh, you know, maybe this gives him a little bit more time to spend with the team and not worrying about all the other stuff. Um, so I, I think that's part of it is he's busy with his companies and, and uh, you know, it's for me to focus on, on only the team and, and now to, to put a team in place, it just makes sense uh, for us at this point. So what would be one of the first goals? Like what are the, I guess, the building blocks? Like uh, what are the the layers to, to add on to the Michigan Stars? Well, I think uh, it's twofold. Um, but I think the biggest thing is is getting, well, two things that are most important, um, getting people in the seats uh, to watch the product uh, that we're putting out there. Um, and then to start to see some of the marketing efforts kick in. Um, so whether it's advertising, whether it's, uh, social media, uh, we have to do stuff to, to draw, um, not only fans, but, but also to some money to the club. We've been, you know, George has funded the entire club, uh, you know, with his own private funds and, um, I don't think that's fair to him. So we're, we're looking to, to go out and find some advertisers and, and some people that want to support the Michigan stars, whether it's, um, you know, a, a name on a Jersey, a patch on a Jersey, whether it's, um, some advertising as, as far as banners and, um, you know, different, different things visually, uh, we do a pretty good job with our broadcast. Uh, so there's some opportunities to get some mentioning, uh, on, on our TV broadcast. Uh, we own the sports center, um, which brings almost a million people a year, uh, to that facility. So, you know, there's opportunities to hang banners and, and do promotions and stuff like that inside the facility. So it's, it's really untapped and it's just a matter of us, um, really reaching into that, that pocket to, to pull out some money to, to help us 
fund not only the, the team this year, but going forward as well. So it sounds like uh, you, you've been tasked to uh, to build out the club, but also kind of turn it into its own uh, sustainable entity, or at least uh, more so. Yes, correct. Absolutely. Um, so with that said, uh, one of the big uh, things you mentioned was butts and seats. Uh, so where does the future lie for, for the home of the stars then uh, at Romeo High School or up by the sports center? Uh, you know, where, where's the home games going to be played short term? And then what's the where's the desired home base to get those butts and seats? Yeah, I think short term, um, we're getting pretty comfortable at, at Romeo High School. Um, I've got a pretty good relationship with the people at the school. Uh, my son will be going there in another couple of years. Um, so that's, it's, it's a nice home for us now. Um, but I think in the future, I think it just depends on, on where we go. Uh, if we go to other leagues, um, I just think the, it just depends on the opportunities that present itself to us. Um, you know, we, we originally had plans for a stadium. Uh, we put the turf field in and um, we just kind of paused because, you know, some of the numbers we were getting to build a stadium were, were 30, 40 million. And, uh, you know, I, I think you got to see a little bit of money coming in before an investment is made um, to that structure and that nature. So I, I think it's, I think it's something that we would love to do. Um, the, the location is great. It's, it's right off of a major freeway. Uh, we have the indoor facility there as well. Um, our locker rooms are there as well. So um, I don't think it would be that big of an endeavor to, to, to build it there. But, you know, I, I just think we have to find the right league, the right home for us and and, and get some support. Um, you know, our youth club does a great job of, of helping us and, and bringing fans and support to our team. But, uh, you know, I think we have to start reaching outside of our, of our, uh, of our youth club in order to find fans. And, and I think that's what this team will help us do. So with that said, uh, you've mentioned, uh, like kind of look around at other, other leagues so is this like mls next pro and or usl league one i guess like, I, there's a couple options there like what, what was the desired uh, landing spot i guess well i think we're keeping all of our options open um at this point um we've spoken to a couple of different leagues and uh you know it's it's we, we watched chattanooga do it this year in the league and uh you know, they had a, a pretty seamless transition from from NISA to MLS Next Pro. Um, so we, we inquired about that. Uh, we inquired about um, another league as well. So I, I think we're just going to keep our options open and let's just see if we can if we can grow this um, this brand and and let's just see how far we can go with it uh, in NISA. And then, you know, hopefully the the opportunity presents itself and we can make a move uh, that's, that's best for our brand and, and for the league that we move into. So uh, Nisa for now, but uh, going back to uh, kind of developing the fan base outside of the, the youth 
uh, world. What I guess what would be like the catchment area for the stars? You know, I, I, I'm not sure. Um, you know, I, I think we're, yeah, I think schools is a, is an easy one. We're, we're trying to keep the Michigan stars family based. Um, we're trying to keep the atmosphere family friendly. Um, we're not going after, um, certain fans that create havoc. Uh, we're, we're looking to continue to, to build on the family atmosphere that we have. Um, we, we welcome kids, we welcome parents, uh, grandparents. Um, so I, I think that's the approach that we're going to take. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see where it goes. We're, we're in a very family, um, area as far as the location's concerned with, with a lot of cities, uh, nearby that are, that are soccer fans. And, um, we just need to start tapping into that market. We really haven't ever explored what that looks like. So I think there's a lot of opportunities, um, but, uh, but we're going to stay family friendly and, uh, and really focus our marketing towards that. It sounds like, uh, yeah, there's a, definitely a lot of, uh, work on hand uh you mentioned new hires like what kind of a a, a workforce you're talking about here for the 2024 season well i think it'll be uh three individuals um there'll be uh somebody that's going to be in charge of of sales and ticketing to to really handle the uh, the fan and the fan experience and then um there'll be somebody that handles the marketing portion which they can work hand in hand if if we have a promotion for um, for a company that wants to uh, do something special at one of the games. But really, it's it's going to be a salesperson to bring fans to the game. It'll be a marketing person to to bring advertising dollars and and marketing to the club. And then uh, social media, we have to get um, a little bit better at our social media and our posts and 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 just just bring some you know just make the whole the whole uh, experience professional experience what's uh, been kind of the thing that uh has kept you you know energetic and enthusiastic about the stars i guess what's been your favorite part of this journey well every day is different um so i wake up and uh you know I, i've got probably a two week log of, of work that needs to be done, um, at this point, but, you know, it's the beginning of the season and, um, it's a, a lot of my time goes into finding players. So I'm speaking to agents, uh, pretty much all day, every day. Um, you know, I, I get tons of text messages and emails with, with five minute video clips. So I I've watched more five minute video clips in the last uh, two weeks than I have in probably my whole life. So, um, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of soccer from foreign countries. I've seen a lot of soccer from college. Uh, I've seen a lot of pro soccer. Um, so just trying to evaluate players and then having conversations with players to, to see what their values are, see what their competitiveness is, uh, see if they'll fit with what we're trying to do here. Um, so that's been the, 
You know, that's most of my time as of right now um, is, is finding players. Uh, we're looking for an assistant coach also this season. Uh, so we've been, we interviewed somebody today for that position. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's never ending. We're looking to, to figure out branding wise um, if, if our current um, uniform sponsor is the best choice for us. Um, I've talked with uh, with another uh, uniform manufacturer and has been working out a deal with them. Um, so there's a lot that goes on. It's it's uh, you know and, and interviewing people for advertising and and social media and and marketing. So so those have been going on. So it, it it's really nonstop. It's it's there's a lot of work that goes on here and and. Uh, you know, the, the cool part is, is, you know, you might get a player or two a day to sign, you know, that you've been working on for a couple of days or a couple of weeks. Um, so it makes that time feel worthwhile that uh, the team's starting to come together. And it's exciting. Uh, we had a tryout uh, last week, Thursday, Friday. We had almost 50 guys uh, show up to that. And that was an agent only um tryout we've got an open tryout coming up up this week thursday friday that's an open tryout that's open to anybody and uh and then we start preseason february 5th so um you know it's when you're in third division professional soccer um you you put a team together the best you can and then guys start to fall into your lap so it's you know there's people that have MLS dreams and uh, they either get cut from the roster or, or don't make it. So then they usually drop down to USL championship. And as soon as they drop down, that pushes some guys out from USL championship and, and those guys fall into our lap. So, um, you know, we, we try to put together the best team that we can now. And then coming up in the next, couple of weeks is, is when their rosters have to be finalized. And then there's a whole new crop of players that become available. And, you know, you got to analyze those guys and see if they fit your team and see if they fit a hole that you might have. And, you know, and then once that gets going and, and or completed, then the season starts. So kickoff is, uh, is right around the beginning of or middle of March. Um, Nisa's doing, uh, an East and a West this year. And, um, there's a, a mini, they're calling it a bubble. So in it's in Atlanta, we'll be having, um, our first games and, uh, we will only be playing, um, the teams from the West while we're in this bubble. And, um, for the regular season, we will only play the East teams. And then the finals, uh, for the playoffs will be East against West. So um, they're trying to, as a league, cut down on some of the travel expenses that teams uh, incur, incur. And um, I mean, it's one of the biggest expenses that we have every year. You know, it's a, a trip to California is thirty five, forty thousand bucks uh, for the team to travel. And uh, you know, there's there's three, four teams in California and. That means three or four trips or eight trips to California. So they're trying to keep it more localized. Uh, so some of the travel expenses are cut down. 
Um, so it, it's, it's nonstop. I travel with the team. I, I sit on the bench with the team. Uh, I help out with the uniforms. Uh, I'm the guy that puts the names on the back of the uniforms. So I, I wear a lot of hats and, uh, and I'm excited to pass some of those hats off to other people, um, this season and take a more, uh, a look from above rather than uh, a look from being in the middle of it, you know, all the time. Yeah. That's quite the overview of uh, all the different tasks. I really like that rundown of kind of like where you broke down uh, where the, the, the player pool comes from as well as uh, the multitude of tasks, like just to, you know, spell it out how not only is there a soccer team, but there's, you know, a marketing firm, a branding firm, uh, a clothing wear, a digital store, uh, you know, uh, registration, administration, like so many different layers go into uh, making a, a team just to, you know, operate, get from from A to B and get across the line. And then, but I, but you also broke down a little, gave us a little bit of a hint at what the NISA season looked like. And you said there's going to be a bubble out. When was that? And uh, can you explain that a little bit more? Well, I guess it's not finalized, so I might have let the cat out of the bag a little bit. But um, basically, all the teams are going to get together in one location, and um, this will be an opportunity for the teams in the East to play the teams in the West uh, and vice versa. So this will be – there's two opportunities that uh, the league is talking about this season. Uh, where so one will be in the east and one will be in the west. So they're trying to, like I said, cut down on some of the costs of travel, and uh, you know everybody will get an opportunity to play everybody, uh, but in one location. So um, I think they're talking about two or three games uh, against the west coast teams while we're um, in the East coast location. I mean, this is hard. I, I I'm on all the calls and meetings for the league and I'm not sure exactly sure what we can say, what we can't say. So there's a location in the East that will be playing uh, three teams, two or three teams from the West in. And, uh, you know, that's starting in the middle of March. So we, we really have about a month to, to put the team together um, and get some practices under our belt. And, and that was really designed because our season always starts after the Open Cup. And we're always, as a league, at a disadvantage playing USL championship teams because by that time, USL championship teams usually have three, four games under their belt. And for us, we're still trying to put a team together, um, you know, once the Open Cup starts. So it's, it's designed to give us a little bit better chance to compete with um, whoever we play in the Open Cup uh, so that we have some games under our belts and and not going out there for our first game against you know, a team that's uh, from USL Championship. Yeah, because you guys played Indy 11 right off the bat last year, right? Yeah, correct. And uh, had a good chance to win the game and, and took it into overtime and and like guys, our, our guys just died. Um, they were out of juice, and it was the first game we had played. And you know, we were we were at Indy, and uh, you know, it was a tough game. Obviously, they're they're in USL Championship, so they're a, a division above us. And um, you know, we went up, went went up one to nothing, and then um, they scored with about 
think it was 10 minutes left in the second half. And then we had an opportunity to score with, with two minutes left and uh, the goalie made an incredible save and put us into overtime. And then we just ran out of gas. We let in two goals in overtime and, and lost three to one. But, and I, I think it's a, a good opportunity for our league. We've got a lot of good players in our league and uh, teams are starting to, in the leagues above us, they're starting to notice some of our teams and our players. And, you know, we, we sent another player to Europe, uh, actually to Hong Kong um, this season, but we've had three or four guys now from our team um, make the transition to, to go to Europe. And, you know, there's a lot of eyes that, that watch soccer. And I think there's only, I'm not exactly sure what the number is, but 73 or something like that professional soccer teams in the United States. So, um, you know, it's a, it's an opportunity for, for guys. And, and there's a lot of good players that are in this league and it's an opportunity for guys to, to get some, some exposure and especially playing in the finals like we have for the last two years, it gets some more exposure onto guys. Um, yeah. So that's a long winded answer to your question, but hope it helps. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. It, it makes sense for uh, there to be a way for uh, Nisa to, to play all the teams, but uh, not have to make uh you know, a bankrupting type uh journeys uh each and every year but it you know balance the schedule out you know that that makes sense and that's a an interesting uh note to learn that uh, you know they're observing and adapting to the uh the issues of its members um so a different look coming out from the league and there's definitely been uh, no shortage of storylines for nisa and then uh, including you guys last year, uh, the the final up in Romeo was the the streak of the first non Michigan team winning the league. How how did that happen? Are, are you rubbing this in, because because there's a lot of pain still uh, that that came out of that game, uh, and I think we played our worst game of the season at, at the most important time and. Uh, completely frustrating didn't even have a shot on goal I don't think in the game and just a completely frustrating game and a game that um, we probably win nine times out of ten and uh, just happened to I mean they were on a hot streak and uh, you know they had beaten the the first place team and and the third place team so uh, we finished second in the league and and they completed the sweep of beating the first, second, and third place team. Uh, so they were hot. We knew they were coming in hot, and uh, we just we just laid an egg. We just didn't come out and play, and and it was disappointing. And I mean, that's what led to a lot of changes coming into the season this year. Is is I needed to 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 change the roster and to to get some different guys in here that. Um, wanted to compete and wanted to win and really wanted to win at all costs. And I think there were some guys on the team last year that, that that's a long season. We start in February and we're, we're done in November. And I think it's, you know, for younger guys, it's a drain. Uh, it's a long season. You get, you get bruises and knocks and muscle pulls. And I mean, you're, you're competing with, the best of the best um 
you know, week in, week out. And so I, we just needed to make some changes in order to, to, to do, to, to compete this year and, and hopefully win it. Um, so I think we've got, uh, I think I've got six or seven guys signed and I'm trying to fill out a roster of 26, but I mean, just disappointing last year, last season, um, after the, the regular season that we had and uh, winning the first playoff game, you know, we, we were feeling pretty good about ourselves and, and just laid an egg, like I said, in the finals. And um, you know, it's, it's disappointing and you think you're going to win every game and, you know, similar to the lions, it's, it's difficult. You, you make a mistake and, or a couple mistakes and, and you lose. And, uh, you know, that's what happened in the game. It was kind of a fluke goal that they scored. You know, one of our guys was sliding to stop it. It went between his legs and, uh, it just went underneath our goalkeeper. And I think that might've been their only shot, uh, of the game as well. So, uh, just frustrating and, and, uh, you know, but every year you learn from stuff and, and I think from last year's team to this year's team that I'm building, uh, I'm just looking for some different guys, some, some hungrier guys. Um, I think when you win it one year and you're trying to repeat, um, trying to get the same energy and excitement level up is, is difficult. So we're doing uh, a pretty good roster change uh, this year. There'll be a handful of guys that we keep from the previous season, but it's it's mostly going to be a new roster and made up of guys who are hungry and and want to win and uh, have some experience, a little bit more experience than we had last year. Uh, so when we do play in these big games, that uh, you know they've been there before are able to control the nerves and, and energy and excitement that comes into a final. I think we were nervous. Um, and I just don't think we could get rid of our nerves and it took basically for them scoring on us, uh, in the second half before guys realized that they needed to, to kick in and, and get some more energy and, and get some attacks on their goal. But, it was too little too late uh, in that game. So um, frustrating. We had a great crowd um, like we do in the finals games. And and uh, we had over a thousand again this year with, with the final. And, um, you know, it's it's those experiences that, that help our team grow and our brand grow. And uh, hopefully with the, the guys that I find this year, we can win it again this year. So you're going to do everything you can to, uh, you know, not replicate that same result uh, at the end of last year. So big turnover in players, adding new staff, um, kind of a new outlook on things at Michigan Stars and new objectives, it seems like, too, a, a, a kind of a remolding from from what you're saying here. So I guess what would, um, I guess that with the how big that task sounds, what are your your goals like? At the end of 2024, what, what what do you want to have accomplished and what would be success? Well, obviously, uh, on the field, uh, another championship. Um, you know, two and three years doesn't sound all that bad. So I wouldn't mind uh, 
winning another championship. Um, and then I, I think with the rebrand, as we, as we figure out, um, not only, you know, apparel, but you're starting to see a lot of Michigan stars stickers on cars as you drive around the area. Um, I think you're starting to see the, the brand take off. And I think it's just capitalizing um, on that, on that brand awareness that we're starting to get. So I, I think, you know, a, an increase in attendance and, and I don't want to throw a figure to it, but a, a noticeable increase in attendance, um, a noticeable increase in, in advertising and, and just putting a more professional product out there um, so that there's a, a difference uh, in the broadcast. Um, our, our broadcasters are great, but just hearing a little bit of, of sponsorship um, uh, in between, uh, maybe in between the halves or, or at different parts of the game. So I, I think just making um, some brand awareness really really just trying to increase the the attendance and dollars that we can bring in and and I think we'll be reasonable obviously we're you'd like to have a year's head start on a project like this and and we will basically have a couple weeks uh, of head start before our season starts so uh, like I said maybe towards the end of the season we we try to take a few games or maybe the second half of the season, we, we take a few games and, and really focus on those games and, and just see what the product can look like. Um, so as I, far as game presentation, you mean? Yeah. Game presentation. Um, and we'll just see how it goes. I mean, it's, maybe it's a struggle. Maybe it's easy. Uh, like I said, we haven't, we haven't tried it yet at all. So, um, uh, just keeping an open mind and, you know, hopefully we hire the right people who, uh, that are hungry and, and want to see the brand grow and, and us succeed. And, uh, I'd like to leave it open, but, you know, I, I think just a noticeable difference, um, for us and, and we'll put some kind of monetary value to it, uh, internally that we'd like to hit. And then, you know, hopefully we can hit it. So with uh, um, all the changes coming, you you were talking about uh, seeing the uh, the the Michigan Stars logo on some cars and stuff like that. So there's no plans to to redo the badge. You know, I we we talked about it. It was it was definitely a, a topic of conversation. Um, we might have had a few mock-ups done, um, but I think for this year it's. Well, I know for this year it's going to stay the same, but you know, you never know when if another opportunity pops up with a different league, then maybe a whole complete rebranding um, is done at that point. And um, you know, we come out fresh and new with with something different. But I mean, those discussions have occurred. But um, at this point, we're we're going to stay. Um, with the 1970s version of the Michigan stars badge. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll move forward when the time is right. It really sounds like, uh, this, this might be the, the genesis of a, a larger project that, uh, builds, builds beyond a, 
2024 my your, your your plan might not be in full uh full realization quite just yet uh in 2024 correct so i, I, think, it, I think it really just depends on really how quickly i can get a team in place and and how quickly we can i mean we don't even have a schedule off for the season yet so it's hard to plan when you know you don't even know when your games are uh, but you know i, I think it's I think we're just looking forward to to see what we can do this season. And obviously when you're doing something like this, um, the second year is always going to be better than the first year. Uh, and we know that, and we know that we started late with this. Um, so it's just a matter of, you got to draw the line in the sand somewhere and, and we're doing that now. And, you know, hopefully we, we see some results this season. And if not, then the next season we'll, you should see a considerable difference. And did you say earlier that uh, there was going to be a new coaching hire or just an assistant? I, I, I'm trying to remember what you said. on yeah, that. Just an assistant. I, I think, you know, I, I think there's a lot of cool things and fun things about um, having a job like this, but there's also some tough parts to it, which, you know, you're surrounded by the team and the staff you know, pretty much 24 hours a day, you're on the road with these guys, you're traveling with them, um, you know, from February till mid-November and uh, making decisions on who to keep and, and who to let go. You know, those are tough decisions and you, know, you become friends with people and, you know, yeah, you have to, to tell people that, you know, we're moving in a different direction and, and those are, those are tough conversations are tough decisions. They're, you know, where they're well thought out and, um, you know, it, it's hard making changes sometimes, but you know, that's, that's part of the job is, is being the GM and now, you know, the, the job that I hold currently and you have to make some tough decisions and, uh, usually it's friends and relationships that, uh, you know, you can be having lunch with and dinner and breakfast with the same guys, you know, every day, every week, every month, and then the season ends and, you know, you gotta, you gotta make that decision. Is it the right hire? Is it, is it time to move on? Is it you know, just going in a different direction? And, uh, you know, it's amazing how quickly those friendships just disappear when you got to tell somebody. Um, they're not coming back, you know, the next season. So lots of decisions, lots of input goes into those decisions, lots of watching film, watching games, watching practices, you know, seeing things, seeing things that you like, seeing things you don't like, um, trying to keep a, a team together for a season without ruffling feathers during the season. I mean, there's a lot that goes into to keeping a team together and, and being the GM of a team. And um, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's uh, those decisions that, that uh, keep me up at night and um, make, make my job difficult at times. The, the, the tough personal choices, they're uh, both, uh, you know, pieces in a chessboard, but also like you said, uh, 
you know, people that you get to know and spend a lot of time with. Uh, one of the most entertaining players that uh, I've seen uh, the the Stars Field is uh, goalkeeper Tatenda Makruva, and uh, he definitely has an action-packed style. Was there any, uh, did he, uh, you know, life on the road, was there any, uh, what are some of your favorite stories with uh, with him? Did he live the same way he plays his game? Um, he's very quiet, uh, very low-key, um to be honest you don't see much of him uh, when you're on the road he uh he has a daughter and uh spends a lot of time talking on the phone uh with his daughter um you know a lot of guys have different routines right some guys like to to uh eat sleep um a lot of guys um some guys like to, to be out in the lobby the entire time. A lot of guys are continuing their education. So you'll see guys studying. Um, and it's just a mix of guys and, and what happens on the road. Um, we try not to, or, or I try not to pick hotels near nightclubs and, uh, you know, different atmospheres that might tempt players to, to go out at night. Um, so we, I usually typically find a hotel out in the middle of nowhere and, and that's where we stay and it's quiet and, you know, we get food brought in so the players don't have to leave the hotel. Um, so we, we try to keep it, uh, low key. We try to keep, um, the guys calm. I mean, I, my room on, on the road is usually filled with snacks and goodies and, and fruit and healthy stuff. So. Um, you know, guys can come into there and grab a snack and grab fruit and drinks and stuff like that whenever they want to, um, which has led to my off-season diet because when there's goodies and junk food in your room, it's it's easy to grab a, a bag of something before you go to bed. But uh, yeah, he's he's quiet. He's he's pretty low key and um, you know practice and and. Uh, and the field in the game field is, is his theater and, and, uh, he comes alive during games and, um, and practices and, you know, he's got a good sense of humor and jokes around and, um, but on the road, he's, he's quiet and he finds a room and you don't see him until meals and he strolls down to get food and, and eats and typically heads back up to the room and, and relaxes and, like I said, everybody's different though. Some guys go for walks and, you know, some guys go to church, uh, when we're on the road and, uh, you know, it's just, there's a lot of different guys and personalities and backgrounds, uh, when you're dealing with a team and, you know, you, we travel typically with 16 to 18 players and you got, uh, our, our photographer usually travels with us and, and myself and George and the coach and assistant coach or the assistant coaches and trainer. So there's usually 25 ish people um, that are on the road. So, you know, not everybody likes the same things and, and you just try to accommodate the uh, different backgrounds of the players and some have food allergies. And I mean, it's, it's, it's just a different, uh, you're trying to, to keep everybody happy and, um, yeah, but going back to Tim, it's, it's, um, 
he's very quiet and and uh doesn't say a whole lot and and like I said on the field he it's his theater and uh where he's comfortable and performs very well usually yeah he he's definitely uh an eye-catching player especially uh from the goalkeeper uh position uh that's not always the position that lends itself to uh you know expressing yourself but he definitely finds a way to do that with his his play out there for you um you mentioned he's been, uh, he's been doing a lot with the youth um club this year as well so he's guy you know i i'll head up to this to the sports facility and he's there giving lessons and uh you know helping out the youth and, and helping kids in the area uh, from not only our club but i think he's venturing out in different clubs now and you know he's great with the kids he's great with parents and he's got the charisma about him that people like so so is he amongst those players that's uh in the core that's coming back um he hasn't signed quite yet uh we actually have a meeting tomorrow with him to discuss uh his contract um so i'll know more in the next few days just a couple more for you in amongst that uh that team that uh, you're tasked with building, is there any, you know, lo local young kids or anyone uh, from the region that, that, that has a shot at the team? Well, we always try to go local first. Um, we, it's, uh, it's nice having local Michigan kids on the team. Um, we have last year, we probably had, five, six guys that were local. Um, some of those guys are coming back. Um, as soon as I get their contracts in hand, I can tell you who some of those guys are, but um, there'll be some some of the local guys from last year's team are, are coming back this year. And, um, you know, hopefully we can add a few more. Like I said, tryouts, we're still in that phase, but you know, to win, you have to go all over and you have to, you know, it's, it's really all over the world. Um, talking to a player from Brazil today, um, Canada, I mean, just from literally all over the place, there's, there's players that you're talking with. So, um, it's, it's, uh, you, you hope you can get Michigan guys. I would love to have a team completely full of Michigan guys, but um, we just haven't had that luck yet in, in building a team with strictly Michigan players. That seems like a difficult pro proposition to to have that many players all at the same level, all at the same time, you know, that, you know, with the same uh, objectives. Uh, <laughs> that would be quite the puzzle piece to have an entire uh, Michigan, uh, Michigan based team. But uh, so with the, the 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 changes in the staffing, are we going to see uh, uh, George at the games this year? Yeah, George will be there. Um, uh, he'll be on the bench, I think, more this year than he has in the last year. Um, so, um, just like I said, he's taking more of a of a backseat to the to the the boring stuff, so to speak, and and getting in the front seat uh, of the fun stuff, which is more team stuff and, and practices and stuff like that. 
And so he he still wants to be hands on and likes to be hands on uh, with the playing personnel. Yeah, well, his his son was uh, played in Europe, uh, Stephen, and he used to like to go over there and, and watch his son play. So um, uh, I'm sure there'll be trips back to Europe um, when he gets the opportunity to. So um, you know, I, I think that's also part of my job is to hold down the fort while he's while he's in Europe and, and doing his, his business stuff. Um, so I, you know, I think he's going to be more low key in a lot of different areas than he's been in the past. Um, and really just focus on, on doing some team stuff and, and being with the guys. So to, to wrap up here with uh, all, all the, the exciting changes coming up with the stars, what's the, the next thing after the listeners listen to this? Uh, what are the next few things uh, of news or odds and ends they, they might see from the stars uh, here coming up shortly? Yeah, I, I think tentatively our first home game is April 6th. Um, like I said, they're still finalizing the schedule, but I think, I think that's... Um, I think that's going to be our, our home game um, at least sometime early April. Maybe I should put it that way instead. Um, as soon as we get the schedule that or the news that the schedule has been completed, we'll, we'll come out with, um, with what that is and, and different uh, opportunities and marketing things towards those games. Uh, when they do come out, um, the season's going to be a little bit shorter this season. So it's, it's going from March until the end of October. So the finals, I think they said is on October 25th this season. Um, so we won't have to bring out the, the winter parkas and freeze for those games in the playoffs, which, um, which usually is to our advantage because you're playing West Coast teams. But uh I hate being cold, so anytime I can play a game in the warmth uh, is exciting to me. But, uh, you know, we'll play, uh, you know, the Open Cup will be announced at some point uh, in the next few weeks. So that's always exciting to to see who we get to, to play there. Um, I mean, it's just, it's nonstop now until pretty much the end of October. And, uh, you know, once the travel kicks in, then... You know, we're always on the road and I'm always planning trips and, uh, you know, airplane, airplane tickets for 25 people isn't always the easiest thing to do with limited flights now and renting cars and, you know, all the things that go into, you know, finding, you know, 15 hotel rooms at a, at an empty hotel and all those things go into, going to going on the road and, and figuring out um, what to, where to go for the season. So, I mean, there's a lot to do here in the next, in the next three, four weeks, five weeks before our season starts. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, it's never, each day is always different. So, you know, you, you never get bored with what you're doing. It's, it's constantly changing. I think I know the answer to this, but what's the easiest uh, thing to order for 25 uh, people to eat? If you're on the road and you need to, to feed guys, what's the easiest thing? Well, guys love Chipotle, so that's the easiest thing. Um, they all find something to eat there. Uh, that's usually their go-to, and 
by the end of the season, I'm so sick of Chipotle. Um, it's it's god awful to me after the the eighth month or ninth month in a row of of eating out and eating at Chipotle. Um, but you know, we try to. That's kind of their treat when we travel. Um, is is Chipotle, and you know, we try to to make them eat healthy um, as we're on the road and. Usually a good chicken, rice, chicken, potatoes, chicken or pasta. I mean, guys always, you know, I try to mix it up so they're, you know, it's something always different for them, uh, but they love Chipotle. <laughs> That's funny. I was wrong. I assumed that it was always pizza is the easiest thing to order for a large group. But Chipotle is funny. I can I can just imagine a lineup of 25 uh players uh with their with their burritos yeah it, it's always fun to walk into chipotle with 25 people too the the staff at the restaurants like just cringe when they see everybody walk in and you know the poor people that walk in behind us you know, are waiting an hour to get their food and or you just see them pull up and see the line and they don't even get out of the car but uh it's uh it's a challenge feeding that many guys and you know, they all eat like crazy. And I mean, the, the Chipotle bill is a fortune by the time uh, that last guy goes through. Well, uh, good luck to uh, finding all the finest Chipotles across North America as you embark on uh, the 2024 season. Uh, it's exciting to see um, the, the turn for the stars looking to, uh, you know, go into new areas of uh, growing the club and, um, Thank you for spending so much time with the Michigan Soccer Central podcast, and hopefully we can check in later in the season and see how uh, the the new initiatives are going. Sounds great. Thanks for having me. Chris McAnally, brand new CEO of Michigan Stars, thank you very much for joining the Michigan Soccer Central podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much to my guest this week, Chris McAnally from the Michigan Stars uh, with uh, quite a bit of insight into uh, running a team, being a GM, and then uh, kind of uh, a couple tidbits as to uh, how this uh, NISA 2024 season might go. So thank you to Chris for his time. Thank you, listener, for checking out the episode and sticking around to the end. Thank you to Jenny Hajnaki for editing the program as always, uh, prayer and thoughts to our uh, dear Jenny uh, laid up with uh, some back issues. So uh, quick recovery to her. And then uh, the uh, Michigan Soccer Central core team and those boys over at We Are Soccer Central. Be sure to follow along with all those uh, updates of all the new teams coming out uh, this summer, all the new clubs and all your other updates from uh, the Great Lakes State and uh, the beautiful game that we love at MI Soccer Central across the social medias. And uh, until next time, everybody, please enjoy your soccer.